on this special edition of Across College Lacrosse, we are literally spanning the East Coast, going from Syracuse, <laughs> New York, to Baltimore, Maryland, because the greatest rivalry in all of college lacrosse <laughs> will be held on Saturday. It's not Notre Dame, Denver. It's not Maryland, Johns Hopkins, although Johns Hopkins is playing in this rivalry game. It's Syracuse taking on Johns Hopkins because here at College Cross, hashtag the duopoly is the most important hashtag we have besides hashtag no snitching and hashtag Whitney and OT. <laughs> if you can tell, say Fricados with me, the Johns Hopkins expert. I am Chris Ostremski, the Syracuse expert, and this is Across College Lacrosse. And by the way, just like Army-Navy, the winners sing second. Welcome, everybody, to this special duopoly edition of Across College Lacrosse. I am Chris Ostremski. In front of my window is a very cold and snowy Syracuse, New York, where Hopkins, I believe, just arrived, unless they are deciding to bus their way here later on Saturday morning. Uh, but with me, he's actually not in Syracuse or Baltimore. I don't know if it's, it's known in New Jersey, but safe Ficado is... Joining me, the other guy that runs College Cross and uh, Safe, you're probably <laughs> excited for this game, aren't you? Christopher, lovely to uh, be on your show. I love uh, Cross College Cross, and uh, yeah, I am pumped. Syracuse Hopkins week. Let's get the hate back flowing. I, I, uh, I don't take all the blame as uh, Jake and Adam were uh, uh, heaping on me uh, in the DMs for uh, chilling this heated rivalry. But uh, I, I hope uh, you know we can warm things up and make it nice and toasty for tomorrow afternoon. This will be game number 57 between the Orange and the Blue Jays, with the Blue Jays leading the all-time series 29-26-1. And that one tie was their first ever meeting back in the year 1921. I don't think uh, you were alive, Safe. I wasn't alive. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe John Desco was alive. 4-4 four, four tie <laughs> back in 1991. John Terry Desco, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> but a long rivalry. I honestly thought that this rivalry would have lasted a little bit longer than uh, 57 meetings. Uh, they took a long break. A couple meetings in the 20s, three in the 30s. <laughs> A uh, few in the 60s, I think five in the 60s, and then ever since 1983, it's been a, a, a yearly occurrence. 1980, they met once, and then 1983 was the beginning of the long-lasting rivalry uh, with uh, Syracuse winning the last one last year's game in overtime at Domewood, as they call it in Syracuse because we own Homewood. Two years ago, Hopkins won it in overtime. And then three years ago, they met twice with Syracuse beating Hopkins in the regular season, meeting sixteen to fifteen. Uh, excuse me, thirteen to ten. Hopkins beating Syracuse in the NCAA quarterfinal in Annapolis, sixteen to fifteen, and that would start a three-year losing streak for the Orange. 
in the quarterfinals. So even though uh, we got last year's uh, big win safe, you guys still have the upper hand against us by three games, which probably will change in the next four years when we take the overall series lead. Well, I was just going to say, uh, you know, this series started in the 20s, but uh, you know, uh, there's only been like 56 games and 57 uh, on the Saturday. But, you know, honestly, I guess, you know, Syracuse just wasn't really, uh, you know, that good of a team to uh, deserve to be on our schedule until 1983 when you guys beat Hopkins uh, in the championship game. Uh, and then from then on, it was a yearly occurrence. Uh, Hopkins came, uh, clapped back the next year, obviously, and took the championship back in uh, uh, 1984. Uh, but no, I'm stoked for this game. Uh, I, uh, I guess we're going to go through like our biggest moments, so I don't want to step on all that. But uh, yeah, aside from, you know, Maryland game, uh, Syracuse game is the one I look forward to the most on the schedule. Yeah, uh, I mean... My, Shout uh, out to Jake because Jake is going to kill us. Maryland is Hopkins' number one rival. I, I would agree that. with that. I don't know. I don't know who our number one rival is. Um, even when we moved to the Big East, when we went to the Big East, I don't know if we had a rival. Maybe Cornell, but that's like a regional rivalry, and, and you know Cornell hasn't been that good since. Maybe Hopkins, but again, that's like an '80s rivalry, so that's not really like. A long time, like, oh, we hate them. Like, Maryland Hopkins, like, hate each other for a long period of time rivalry. Maybe that would be us and Cornell. Maybe us and Hobart tries to do that because they're D3 school. And like, ah, we're D3. We want to go D1. And, ah, you know, I'm going to mock that voice, whoever listens to that. But um, I don't think we have a – do we – I don't th- – would you say, would you think that we would have, like, a true arch nemesis? We're I mean, we are true arch nemesis. We are. I mean, yeah, like you guys are one A. I just wanted to put that Maryland caveat so uh, Jake doesn't come for our heads uh, after this uh, comes out because of this our chummy love fest uh, that we normally have at College Cross with Syracuse and Hopkins. But I think yeah, it's like Hopkins and Syracuse are if outside of Maryland Hopkins. Uh, yeah, I, I would think. Uh, uh, you would be our number one rival if we didn't have Maryland out there. And I think it may be the same for you. I guess maybe Army has a little bit of a case. Uh, like how long have they been uh, – you guys been playing each other? They've been around, or, they've been around for a long time, but I wouldn't really – we have, we don't play them every year. I, I remember my – the year before I got here in 2014, we decided not to play them for some reason. So I wouldn't say like they're like we schedule them every year and we have to schedule them every year like we do with Cornell and we do with Hopkins and Virginia. Maybe Virginia's our, our biggest rivalry and it even it's, got bigger with when we went to the ACC together. It's been uh, one of the most entertaining rivalries, that's for oh, sure. Definitely. Uh, Syracuse, uh, uh, Virginia is always you know one of the you know, most fun games. Uh, this year's games are another classic example. You know, it uh, looked like you guys had it uh, uh, up five uh, with about what, six, eight minutes left to play. Uh, the UVA chips away, ties it. Uh, luckily, you guys came out um, uh, the, with a win um, uh, from Dordovic. Uh, but, you know, and the game ended. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little, little questionable ending. Little little discussion, a little discussion, little heated forthright discussions. It's, you know, yes. we, we love we love those types of discussions. So uh, and I, know, and we ex- we uh, help the people because here at College Cross we give it back to you, the people, with uh, 
some kind of exclusive video that uh, I had in my back pocket that I took and the Virginia guy took and ESPN cameras or ACC Network extra cameras took and compiled them up with a a final thing, even though, you know, there's one or two people that might be curious as to if it was okay for me to post it. But it's you know what? It's always okay to post it because I do that for the same thing with the Whitney and overtime videos. So, yeah. Just, just just, worry about yourselves, and I'll worry about myself. Anyways. Informa- information, like people, wants to be free. Yes. You can't, you can't, you can't contain information. We have, to, we have to give, and it helps everybody. Like, listen, like, I'm I, I was, I, I'm friendly with Matt. I love that video. I'm just going to put that out. Definitely. You Thank I, you. you. You Zapruder filmed that thing. It was amazing. I definitely turned into a Nate Solomon truther for, like, 20 minutes. I kept watching that video because I was like, I, didn't, I thought he like pulled up. I thought he, you know, uh, I put the case of, you know, that wouldn't have been an ejectable penalty if the time then run out. And I think like the stuff that happened later on, they were like, OK, we got to kick uh, both guys out because, you know, the UVA guys got, got, you know, got their shots in. And that was that's what the penalties, uh, the expulsion thing is like, you know, something after the the horn. And that was clearly one. I thought Nate got a little bit uh, robbed there, but, you know, it is what it is. But go ahead. I love the film is all I'm saying. Thank you. And, and I mean, it just helps everybody. Like, they want to know, like, oh, what happened at the end? Because the TV, the TV stream doesn't do any justice. I know our boy Evan Grossman, who asked actually in my shoes and knows a little bit about the Hopkins rivalry himself as a former videographer, uh, was asking about, like, hey, where's the video? How can we see the video? And I'm like, you know what? There's people going to be asking about this, so why not give it out to the people? And it would always happen... See, it lacrosse. Here's the thing with lacrosse that's different from like football and basketball. There's there's usually never a person that has their phone filming the end of the game or would be able to, yeah, pretty much any at the end of the game and filming it and catching like a goal or anything that would happen like big, like maybe if there's like a basketball thing that happens, someone has like a video of an altercation that happens and it would go viral because someone tweets and someone finds it. Lacrosse is such a small world that you don't have that ability. And I want to try to make that happen with lacrosse. And, you know, here's information. Decipher it yourselves. Let's stop having these. Well, we can continue having these debates over whether or not it was good or it wasn't good. Because I don't really think Mark Dixon, who Matt Kinnear was mentioning on his podcast with the Dixon D Fly on Tuesday, when he was talking about, like, the whole thing. I don't think Dixon even saw it. Kinnear didn't even see until I posted it on Thursday. A lot of people didn't see it unless you were at the game. I don't. Well, Kinnear was at the game. I'm not sure if he remembered exactly what happened, but it just helps everybody, whether we like them or not, with videos and deciphering what happens. But again, let, let, we should get away from the whole Syracuse Virginia thing because that's that's uh, such in the past, and we're focused on the present with this uh, great wi- rivalry known as Hopkins and Syracuse. Before we got to move off uh, and, and actually to what the people came for, shout out to Hobart. We got to give them some credit. I was just looking at your uh, uh, series page. It had like, I think Hobart lead, uh, the, the most played opponent, uh, 103 meetings for Syracuse. They're, they're one above uh, Cornell. So shout out, shout out yeah. to the statesman. Yeah. And they're at a D3 school. Well, they're mainly D3. Well, it's weird. Because Hobart's a D3 school, Hopkins is a D3 school, and we like to associate them the most with lacrosse rivalries. That's, that's kind of a little bit interesting point there that you just made safe. 
We love the D3 schools. We love picking on the little babies, not picking <laughs> on the big boys. Mm. Anyways, uh, let's talk what, about... 1,000 views on that uh, video, by the way. Thank just, you. Let's start out there. <laughs> Uh, let's let's start with Hopkins and give me a little preview of the Blue Jays. I know they just came off a big win, the meme killer win over Princeton, sixteen to nine. Hunter Moreland had a very good day at the faceoff X, and then Shaq Stanwick, Kyle Marr, and Cole Williams are doing their things. Midfield looks good, defense looks good, but uh, save you probably have watched all their four games so far this season. How do you like the uh, the Blue Jays thus far? Well, I think the biggest development is Cole Williams uh, getting through a little bit of uh, troubles in the first couple games and not uh, getting the getting the ball in the net, and then just exploding for the last two games. Uh, but he's, I believe, uh, uh, one of the few uh, guys on like at least Hopkins' attack that can consistently dodge and get away from his man um, and create his own shot. I think uh, him. Uh, just being like this kind of, you know, he's imposing force. He's like six foot five, uh, a big kid. Yeah, create some space. Like you, you kind of see like Kamar, uh, but it's also being able to uh, get his points in there. So I think like you know Cole's uh, emergence uh, uh, this year, it's it's been a revelation. You know, I was uh, definitely fond of my boy Forrest Smith, so I was very happy to see him get two goals uh, uh, last game uh, against Princeton. And uh, you know, that was one of you know that. That game meant a lot. Like, you know, Pedro was a gentleman about it. Like, I, w- I wouldn't have mind like dropping 20 on the Tigers after last year. Uh, but, you know, it was like, you know, being able to respond uh, the, the way they did in the uh, third quarter when Princeton tried, uh, made it a game of it, uh, you know, it was really encouraging to see. And I think, you know, going into the Syracuse game, I've, I've watched uh, every one of your guys' game as well. It's like, this is going to be really, you know, good game. You know, unfortunately, uh, uh, injuries and suspensions, you guys won't be at full strength. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's still going to be, you know, really entertaining game. First game uh, in a little while off of St. Paddy's Day weekend. So th- that should be a little bit different. Um, maybe, uh, uh, you know, with all the excitement for basketball, you'll be a lot of fans uh, in the carrier dome. So, you know, it's, I'm stoked for this. Like if Hopkins wins this and then they could uh, beat Virginia, then, um, you know, start that run and uh, 40, 45, here we come. So, yeah. Uh- yeah. Cole Williams is a big boy, as you mentioned, six five two ten, the tallest player on Hopkins. Or our tallest player is also is a midfielder, Rat Lane, six six two twenty two. Uh, but he's more of a he's not really that big of a sorry Lane, but uh, not big as big of an impact player as Cole Williams is as on the starting attack, leading the team with eight goals and an assist on the season. But uh, you have that stud attack of Mar Kyle Mar who. Shout out to Baby Scott Marr. Marr. He's doing Baby really Marr. good. I love Baby. Kyle. Kyle Marr, Cole Williams, and uh, Shackelford Stanwood crew. You know, he's he's kind of taking a back seat, would you say, this season with the emergence of Marr? And maybe would you say that Kyle Marr is now the quarterback of this offense, or is it still Shaq? Uh, I mean, we're, I, I never uh, loved that term, quarterback. Just like if you're talking about like who's the one that uh, I want the ball in their hands. Just, like right now, it's kind of like Cole, just because just the way he's been playing, he's kind of hot. Uh, he's going to start attracting a lot more attention. Score. He's not really like a guy. Like when did you want like a guy like Mar or Shaq that it can have the ball and make a play and you know dish it out to Cole Williams possibly or someone else midfielder Tinney. 
I, I just think that the more he emerges, like he just got four goals against Princeton, three against uh, North Carolina. Like the more attention he gets, it just creates more space. Like I just think of it like a, a basketball. Like if Kobe's got the ball, he's going to probably like, you know, draw a double when he tries to cut and then he'll be able to find someone. Uh, I, maybe you have a good point. Like Cole's uh, uh, ability to pass uh, isn't as pronounced as Shaq's, but I'm just worried about getting goals. And right now he's hot. I want the ball in his hand. And, uh, you know, if that creates space and then turns Shaq into a goal scorer, that's great. Uh, the couple of games against Ohio State, Shaq came out big, uh, you know, actually put balls more, you know, uh, it was more assertive uh, offensively looking for his own shot. And uh, I thought the offense looks great when that happens. I think Shaq, uh, is a, a you know outstanding player you know probably uh, you know one of the uh, better attackmen that we've seen uh, uh, in the last 15 years for Hopkins but you know if you have a kid like Cole who's just something different and he's like just hot right now I just you know I'm 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 more encouraged about him you know I'm not I'm so worried like who's the quarterback you know I just like the the way that we're playing especially now if we uh, get some more contributions from our uh, the midfield uh, the Britton Vallis comes out big three goals uh, with Alex Concanon uh, hurt last game uh, you know uh, I think he you know really gave us an extra thing to, uh, an extra offensive option through the midfield that you know uh, we uh, you know leaned maybe too much too heavily on Joel uh, uh, so like it's good to spread that out and that's that's all you I really care about like I just I don't you know really care about like who's, who's the quarterback yeah yeah it's like, I just want to I just want an offense where like all six players are, are are a threat to either score or pass you know I'm not really concerned about like getting it behind the goal and trying to you know like all these picks I just want like guys like like this was really cool scene with Cole like, you get the ball in his hands like he's fast enough to get away from the guys and now he's he's actually connecting on his shots like that's the guy who's going to draw slides and draw attention from defense and opens it up for everybody you know that's and I would love to see Cole uh, passing off the Kyle like you know Kyle's a little bit you know, not as big as Cole. I don't, I don't want to call him short, but like, you know, he's, you know, uh, 5'10, 5'11. Yeah, the average size for like an attacker. So, like, uh, you know, so much attention on Cole. Like, he, uh, Kyle can just sneak away and he's got such a, a bullet of a shot. Like, you know, he, he, he would, you know, think of him being like, you know, uh, Joel and be kicking it out to Clay Thompson and like Kyle Larson and Clay Thompson. So, so, that's how I think of it. So. Moving to the midfield, since you mentioned Vallis and uh, the White Walker himself, Joel Tinney. Con Cannon has been hurt. He was hurt against Princeton. Uh, Connor Simone, Adam Epstein's favorite new Blue Jay, coming in, had a good game. Um, I don't think we've heard anything about Con Cannon playing on Saturday. Have you heard it? I don't think we've heard anything officially from Hopkins yet. No injury update. I haven't well, seen anyone yet. If I know Pesha like I do, which I don't really know him, uh, we won't we won't hear anything <laughs> until like five minutes beforehand, or you just will see him on the sideline, like you know, not uniform. So um, I'm expecting him not to play, uh, uh, and if uh, Brinson uh, can contribute like he did the last game against Princeton, uh, you know, I I don't think we'll have that much of a drop off. Tenney is always a uh, a treat to watch. He has four goals and seven assists on the season so far, and he's also a good defensive midfielder. Eight ground balls, one cost turnover. Do you think that uh, not playing his sophomore year safe kind of affected what he would end up being as an overall great midfielder? 
Uh, I mean, obviously, like uh, it affected, uh, it impacted what legacy you left leave at Hawkins, but like the way he's bounced back, uh, you know, the captain uh, again this year, uh, f- uh, the way he's just been playing, um, you know, uh, o- overcoming a, a slight injury in the fall, like you know, Joel's the leader of his team, and you know, uh, he's obviously spoken candidly about it, and uh, you know, he's obviously put it behind him, but he's learned from it, and I'm encouraged that he's uh, graduating from school and he's going to you know be one of our uh, you know, leading midfielders we've had, you know, may have been an all timer, but like, you know, whatever he delivered a final four, his freshman year to Hawkins and he was two inches from taking a super championship game. Joel Titty doesn't have to bother us anything, at least for, you know, for me, you know, um, uh, I know it, uh, took away a little bit from him and it was really hurt not seeing him 2016, but you know, I'm just, I'm happy every time he's on the field, you know, the first game last year when he did the, the fake flip, uh, to uh, Navy, and it was just like he was back, like you know, you didn't even miss him. So you know, it's pretty much you know, almost like his last game was the Maryland game. You, you, the whole year, just uh, you just forgot about it. So you know, I'm just happy he's on the field. Yep, and uh, believe he might be listening to our podcast. So if he is, shout out Joel Tinney. Uh, we do know much, eh, about a lot of things. So uh, shout out to you. Uh, I think he might understand where that comes from. Safe, I think it sounds like you might be a little bit confused, so I'll send it your way as well. Um, but shout out to Joel Tinney. Uh, I love him. He's actually on my uh, fantasy lacrosse team that we have never updated uh, since. We, we, should, we should not update it until the final week. Oh, Lord. The final final game after on Selection Sunday, which is all then. Uh, it should be like a Christmas surprise, you know, like uh, <laughs> your team's horrible. Oh, my <laughs> Uh, D. Simone, your thoughts so far after four games, two starts? He, he's probably going to start again against Syracuse today. I mean, on Saturday, so a, a big start for him for the young guy. He's looked pretty good. I don't know if you have the same thoughts, similar thoughts. He's three goals on eighteen shots, so he he's starting to get there. I mean, I've already made a meme that he's uh, the new Iverson, uh, you know, with those upgrade memes. So, uh, I. I you know, I'm already on the uh, Connor bandwagon. A uh, little bit of a volume shooter last game uh, with 10 shots, but uh, you know, I'd rather him shoot and uh, get get accustomed to the speed of uh, Division One. So I was, uh, you know, encouraged with him finding uh, the net twice. That one cut, like he almost like destroyed this one guy. I forget the def- Princeton defenseman's name, but uh, you know, if I see more of that, uh, I'm going to be, you know, quite pleased. You know, he's probably more of an attackman, but uh, uh, playing at midfield, like, uh, or he's at least capable of playing it for Hopkins' attack, but if he can provide that uh, offensive uh punch that we need uh, you know also from the midfield you know it's just so teams aren't keying on our um, uh, our attack like that's gonna you know be quite difficult to defend uh quickly we'll go to the, your defense uh your boy pat foley returning uh, this season uh, has yes. a very good uh, start to his season with seven ground balls and four cost turnovers i believe he's leading the team in that yes he is four cost turnovers in that category uh, also with them are number 44, Jack Rapine, the sophomore out of Upper Dublin, and a freshman, Owen Colwell. Uh, what have you seen your, your strengths from your defense after four games, especially the return of the, the, the cover guy and Pat Foley shutting down? He'll probably be on uh, maybe Bombberry if we're talking the attack without Nate Solomon. It might go to Bombberry now as a cover guy. 
or you might go Rifus, you might go Voight. Who do you think will be uh will Foley will be on uh for the Syracuse team? Uh, you know, I just I, I don't know now affecting uh like Nate not gonna be playing this game. Um uh, but yeah, you know, I, I don't wanna take a guess uh, right away of like uh you know who he's gonna be covering in the Syracuse game. But I, I do wanna give a shout out. Uh you're uh listing a lot of our defensemen. Uh, Jared Reinson, freshman, has been an absolute like uh you know uh, gem uh he i think the one thing that everyone was like uh like uh concerned about at least for at least hopkins fans was our defense and it's been in my opinion one of the uh, you know the bright spots of the season yeah the Loyola game got out of hand but uh you know that was had more to do with like 23 24 turnovers uh that it did have uh about the defense that hopkins was in that game for you know the first half so I think that was one of the things that people uh, uh, really were excited about uh, for fans of the team was Pat Foley's return. He, he's just been dynamite. You know, the way he locked down Michael Sowers, like you're not going to stop Sowers, obviously, but you're going to try to do your best to contain him. You know, and you only kept him to like a, a, a you know, well below his uh, normal average. So uh, I, don't, I don't know. Well, who would you? If you were Petra, who would you put? Uh, who's your best guy? Do you think uh, the, who would you not want to be neutralized? Uh, is what I guess what I'm saying. Like he's big enough to handle Brendan. Um, yeah, I, I would put him on. I mean, I don't think they're going to be listening to this podcast when they prepare for uh, Q's. So I think I'm all all good now. I would think Bomberry. Uh, he seems to be the playmaker on this team overall. I think Solomon's more of a finisher. Rifus is there. He could be a, a feeder and a finisher as well. Uh, if you look at their stats for the Orange this season, if I do have the stats, which I don't, that's kind of bad on me. But I'm pretty sure Lefty, as we call him, even though he's not even a lefty, doesn't use his left hand. He leads the team with 10 points along with Solomon and along with Rifus, a very balanced attack. So you take out Solomon, you put in Voigt, who has 4-2. and two, And the thing is with these all three guys... There's no, like, you know, there's more goals than assists with this guy. Brendan has six goals and four assists. Solomon and Rifus each have five. So they're equal feeders. So maybe what they might do is a double pull on the midfield. And I know it's early, but, you know, Trimboli or Dord, I think they were, I think, if I'm correct, Virginia was doing that on Sunday with Dordovic and Trimboli. Um... That might be an option, but I think with with the loss of Solomon, you I would think you put Foley on Bomberry and kind of shut down his or try to shut down his possible playmaking abilities. But I think with Lefty and Rafis and Voya and, and put in Solomon too, those four guys have a very very solid chemistry with each other. They're roommates. They hang out a lot. They do a lot of things together. So it's going to be really tough to. I mean, you take out Solomon, put in Void, it maybe even makes that chemistry a little bit stronger. Well, I'm really, uh, you know, I like what Hopkins has been doing in terms of, like, attacking more and, like, being more willing to uh, extend out and, like, go for double teams because I don't think teams expect that. I think everyone kind of expects Hopkins is going to be, you know, this uh, poised defense that – uh, doesn't slide unless it needs to, and you know, unless teams shoot because that's kind of our philosophy for a little while. Is like we want teams to shoot from like 12, 15 yards, but you know, kids can make those shots more uh, consistently now than uh, you know they could like you know five, ten years ago. And uh, you know, you know, some suspect play in the defense. Uh, you know, we had to change some stuff. 
And I think we have an athletic enough defense, especially with Pat, uh, that can, you know, if, uh, they can quickly double without, like, uh, leaving themselves too wide open. So, you know, I'm going to be in charge if they do that again. Like, I thought they did that really well against Princeton. So uh, that's one of the things I was hoping to see. Like, you know, don't don't let teams get too comfortable, um, you know, uh, push the issue on them. So uh, Quickly, we'll just mention the, uh, the D-Middies. Tal Bruno has been having a good year. Uh, Daniel Jones has a very good year as well. He's been an effective. He's second on the team with calls turnovers. is three. Uh, I'm a big fan personally of Mr. Robert Kuhn, the LSM with a goal. And I think, I think he, he's an underrated LSM in this country. You talk about Sexton, you discussed Connor Keaton. Uh, there's a few others that are out there as well across the country, but Robert, Robert Kuhn has to be in that discussion of top vote, uh, top LSMs in the nation. He's he, so excited. And he really, he, he had a very good game against uh, Syracuse last year. Two goals, I believe. When he winds up, like it gets, it gets really lit um, in my little neck of Philadelphia. So no, Rob's great. He's really exciting to watch. Like you're, happy you mentioned danny like much maligned our uh ssdm uh, uh guys and he's been pretty solid like any mistakes uh, uh you know you can't like really point to him like a uh, last few games you know uh, every guy gives up a goal here or there but i think he's been pretty solid had a devastating hit legal hit uh in the princeton game uh that just uh you know really set a tone and uh you know i i'm really excited uh for this game, and uh, I was, you know, I was hoping that Nate played because I, I don't want any excuses uh, uh, if you guys are on the losing end. I blame it on Petro for you uh, if we lose because of Nate. Uh, being out. <laughs> shout, shout out to Hunter Moreland. Has been yes. Absolute, absolute just beast uh, lately in the faceoff, especially last game as Princeton. Um, you know, he's really he's trying to get uh, get. Get up going. Uh, wouldn't mind seeing uh, young boy uh, Kyle uh, Prouty uh, from Jersey get in. Uh, he got in uh, seven times last game against Princeton. But uh, you know, just just because Moreland's just so important. Uh, you know, I just want to make sure that uh, he's not overused, and we, we get some other kids uh, a shot as well. But you know, Pitcher knows what he's doing. I I have full faith. Full faith in the boss. So, um, but I, I just want to give him a special shout out. I thought, you know, coming back from the injury last year and just he's been playing great. And, um, you know, this has been a really, uh, you know, hopeful sign for good things to come. In uh, that game, he, pl- he played a really big role in that game last year, even though it was limited time. He didn't play the first half. Uh, I remember because I was actually watching a little bit. He was in uniform, and Adam actually mentioned this for the Towson game, that he was in uniform, but he just didn't, never even played. Um, and the first time was all Craig Medeiros taking the face-offs for the Blue Jays. He went one of six, and then the second half, Hunter Moreland came in, and I had a feeling, you know, Moreland was going to come in soon, and they needed uh, they needed him to come in, because I believe the score was three. T- it was still tight. Wow. Still tight at that time. Three, two. I thought it was a little bit of that was that was a run away with that. That was a really like uh, t- defensive game uh, or, to start out. Yep. Well, Syracuse got up five two, and then Moreland started to win faceoffs. He started to look like his old self for the most part. Uh, you could still see he was still struggling with running the ball, uh, but he went eight of twelve against Ben Williams and company on the faceoff X. He, he yeah he went eight of twelve on the faceoffs in that game. 
And he, he was a big reason why Hopkins began to take a lead late in the fourth quarter. And then eventually the game went into overtime before Mr. Brandon Bonberry sealed the deal on in uh, Homewood. But very, very big, uh, very big impact player for the Blue Jays. And another big impact player as I'm, we wrap up. I'm, I mean, we, Hunter would have won the game for us if, if it were not for that. For that baloney call on Joel uh, with the goal that uh, should have counted. Uh, but um, I just want to put that on the record before we go on. But Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was in the crease. He, he was, was not. The crease. He was. I'm sorry. Look the at the ball video. ball was already in the Safe, net, look at the video the and look at the call. The what was the, the call? Was he was the in the line. crease. Hence, he the was in the crease. already over the line. He was in the crease. Went. That Go was ahead. an official Go call ahead. in the crease. That's how it stood. We won the game. Winning overtime for us. Um, but another impact player for you guys, uh, Mr. Brock Turnbull. Very, very solid so far in his four games that he's played. Maybe besides, well, Loyola even was a good game for him. But he he's bounced back in a big way since Jerry Logan kind of took his role last year before being academically ineligible for Duke. Yeah, uh, Brock has gotten unnecessarily uh, uh, the point. Uh, he's unnecessarily pointed out as like the cause of last year's problems, which definitely. Uh, I think just like the game ended so ugly and uh, against Duke in the tournament that like you kind of got unfairly maligned throughout the offseason. But he's responded really well. Like I thought that you cannot put that Loyola game on him and the defense when the offense and the the entire team was put that way, like commits 23 turnovers. Uh, That's just not going to that's not the recipe to win, um, especially when you're playing at Loyola. Uh, The UNC game. He was, you know, the Hopkins was in it. They should have probably like sealed it. Uh, there was several times where they were up two or up one when they could have extended to uh, a three or a two goal lead, and you know they would throw it away or uh, uh, you know unnecessary penalty uh, stick flip by call, which I I still say is worth it. I still love that I stick agree. flip. So I'm, I'm cool with it. I, I know we lost the game, but uh, uh, you know, in Carolina, uh, you know, can is an explosive team, uh, uh, and they they went on a, a run that the Hopkins didn't respond. But uh, you know, for the most part, like Brock's been pretty solid. Like uh, I've never felt like uh, you know, moments last game, and this doesn't all on him. It's uh, uh, Logan too at times. Like you know, when Logan was in the game against uh, uh, the Virginia, you know, I felt like it was just like. Anytime Virginia shot, the ball was going into the back of the net. And then, you know, Brock came and saved, saved off that game. So, you know, Brock has been able to uh, uh, call, uh, you know, uh, answer the bell this season. Uh, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a rocky year in 2017. But, you know, um, Hopkins is still in it. They win this game. Uh, the, we're, we're, you know, we're all right. Because Syracuse is still going to be a pretty solid team. Maybe they don't win the ACC, but they're going to get at least one or two more ACC wins. They already beat Virginia. So, uh, you know, this would be an important game. and It's a winnable game. So that's why, uh, you know, they, they, should, they, they should take this one. Correct. So let's, let's just focus right now from the Hopkins team preview to the Q's team preview, which might be quicker because I can relate on a little bit of a better basis because I'm on the team. Uh, mentioned before, Nate Solomon won't be playing due to his quote-unquote ejection, questionable, against 
Virginia. Brad Voigt will probably be the starting attackman coming in with Bonberry and Rifus. And even though he's played in limited time as a reserve, uh, four goals to assist for the junior attackman at Penny in New York. So they don't lose a lot of product. Uh, I don't think they lose a lot of production from Solomon, but uh, I think Voigt does the job as well. And he actually scored two goals against Virginia on uh, even strength. Uh, he, last year he played a lot of man up and he was effective there and just get him near the crease area and he's a very, very dangerous weapon. Uh, the midfield should be the same, Trimboli, Dordovic, and Peter Dirth, but the, the uniqueness of this offense is, and you might see Owen Seabold playing some attack as a fourth attackman with with no Nate. Usually it would be Voigt and maybe Seabold coming in at times. Uh Dordovic, outside of Dordovic, Trimboli, and Dirth, you have also David Lipka playing some time. Should have had the game winner against Virginia last week if Desco did not call that timeout, but that was a smart timeout that he called. Uh, Ryan Simmons getting some time. Matt Lane, Brad McKinney, Pat Carlin, Sam Romano. It's a, it's a very flowing and rotating midfield up for the orange and it kind of confuses some defenses because they don't know who's going to go out where you know you might have to pull let's say if you're at the first midfield unit you're going to pull Trimboli second comes out you pull well Brendan Curry's also in the midfield you might pull David Lipka but if you put you know Trimboli and Lipka and then you have Tordovic up there it confuses the living heck out of defenses because you don't know you know your pull guy is Trimboli, but you have two guys as well that are usually pulled. Dordovic may be pulled, and Lipka might be pulled. So it throws a lot of confusion for defenses. I want to make a point when you're talking about that timeout. That was that was a five national championship timeout. That that's a timeout where like yes, I know I iced my team, but I still wanted that timeout. So. And that, that's just, that's still a smart timeout. And I, and I think Lipka even said that. He, he agrees with it, but he just feels bad that he didn't get the goal. But he he, he sends pressure. It was the right. It, it was, was absolutely the right, the right thing to do. Like uh, I mean, that was a mosh pit. Uh, you know, with guys just flying everywhere. Everyone's trying to get that ball. So you know, obviously he, he had to call it. If he either missed the shot and there was no backup, or that shot was a save, it would have been like, oh my god, Desco made the smartest call ever. But then at that time, it was like. Oh no, Desco might have screwed his team over. And then later he did it because he's John Desco and uh, he builds castles. Uh, so the midfield, I think, is still rotating. I think you don't really see a, a, a uh, steady, you don't see anything solidified outside of the first. Even the first midfield is never solidified, but they usually come out the most often as a unit together. But there's always going to be rotating pieces throughout this midfield, and it should continue with Hopkins. And the defense, it's kind of right now the biggest question mark in terms of health. Uh, the starting defense of Nick Mellon, Marcus Cunningham stays. Tyson Bomberry won't be playing. He'll have Brett Kennedy, who uh, looked really freaking good against uh, Hop uh, Virginia with two goals, almost two more. One almost hit the cross. One hit the crossbar. Uh, but he's also had 11 ground balls. He leads the team in that category. Well, second behind Danny Varello's 15. But 11 ground balls for the redshirt freshman. Uh, 
And then with the long sticks, it's Fusco, and then you lose. Elmer was out last two games, I believe, with uh, an injury. Jared Fernandez will miss out this game with an injury as well. Uh, that doesn't doesn't look good from the injury the, from the the uh, ES, the ACC feed that we saw on Sunday. Uh, Lash Chavez might get time, but John Desco mentioned that Tyson Bomberry and is very close to returning. He might play next week. Uh, he might have a trick up his sleeve on this defense too. Uh, just hint, hint, wink, wink. But you know, it's a you, it's a question mark with with uh, you guys, you guys there with the defense. I was going to say, you, you're underestimating and underselling it, Chris. You, you guys have the refs as well. So oh, that's true. That, 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 that is very, very, that very is true. A, a very key thing. People forget about that. Indeed. And then <laughs> also, you have a very young defensive midfield unit of Schwaznik and Hutchins and Grant Murphy, who was a former pole uh, turned short stick. He might get some pole. Maybe, I know they didn't do this, but uh, maybe he goes back to pole for this game. We're not really totally sure about the pole situation because even when Bomberry comes back, does Brett Kennedy go at pole now to get to relieve some depth and have a three-man rotating deep pole unit? Because I don't think you have to sit Brett Kennedy after what he did with Virginia. Uh, a lot of young guys at D Midi, Damiel Adumoye, Schwarzenegger, as I mentioned, Jonathan Bartamian, Kevin Hutchins, and Devin Sullivan add some experience and depth there. And then the goalie, Damadana, hell of a job so far this season in goal. Uh, one of the more uh, kept stories that, one of the, uh, excuse me, one of the uh, lesser known stories is Madonna's success with 33 saves in the season, uh, 45 or two save percentage. But he was he was under the weather last week against Virginia or before Virginia, and he 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 healed up fine. And he had a hell of a game. And he he's definitely one of the better ACC goalies out there right now. Uh, what are you what are you most afraid of this game? What am I most afraid of this game? Uh faceoffs. I think I mean Danny Varello did a great job last week against uh Justin Schwank. But he he did okay against uh Army's guy. I think he might have split that total. He didn't do so well against TD Ireland. He dominated Binghamton, and I mean that's easy because it's Binghamton. But I think Hunter Moreland gives. I think he's more of a skill guy. I he gave Ben Williams some trouble when he was here uh, for his three years. I definitely think that Moreland will have a good a good chance of winning more than fifty percent of the faceoffs. But I think it'll be all wing play as well. Syracuse uses a lot of double pulls when they played Virginia. And that kind of aided their advantage of the ground ball battle. If he can, if Danny Varela can make it a ground ball battle, he doesn't have to win the ground ball. If he can just make it a 50-50 battle and get the wings involved, it'll it should be a good day for the orange at the faceoff X. When what do you think is the one thing that Syracuse has over Hopkins that you want to exploit? The one thing that we have that we want to exploit. Well, I think I already mentioned it, it's the the unknowingness or the uh, the uh, randomness of the midfield. You know, you might start out first unit, okay, second unit, okay, third unit, okay, but then you start going out first and then second unit with another guy in there, third unit, first unit with two guys in there. You just throw out random people at the midfield and it kind of confuses 
the defense. And I think I was talking to Lars Tiffany last Sunday after the game, and he was he even said like you know we were a little bit confused as who who was going out for you guys like during that last timeout before you guys scored the game winning goal. I was looking over at the Syracuse sidelines to see who they were going to send out. So it confuses a lot of the defenses that uh, we've played with. All right, we're going to send out these two guys. They might not be on the same unit, but they played a lot and they practiced a lot, so it shouldn't really be a big problem. I think, um, I think that's a big, I think that's a big point in um, that having the randomness of the midfield confuse Hopkins' defense. But who knows? Maybe Petro has already prepared. Being a def- uh, great defenseman himself, Petro has prepared his guys to expect the unexpected. Well, I was going to say your defense, just because you guys do like kind of push us around. Like last few years, I felt like, uh, uh, but you know, uh, at times playing at Syracuse, you guys have had a good job of just being more aggressive. Just uh, you're not um, you're not malicious when you go for the ball, you know. But you guys. Go for it, fierce, you know, uh, the, with almost like reckless abandon. Um, and I kind of feel at times like Hopkins kind of gets a little bit, especially when they play at the Dome. Uh, I remember, uh, I guess, I think it was like 2011. You guys jumped out to like a seven-goal lead. Um, uh, and it's just like sometimes you just the offense just gets out of rhythm and uh, you guys just lock it down. Even if you're face-off guys and playing that well, like I've always felt like, you know, Syracuse defense plays really well against Hopkins. So as I said, kind of one of the things I was kind of concerned about, which is also one of the things I was happy about with Cole. Like, I think he's kind of one of these guys who just by his size creates a mismatch that uh, I'm hoping the Jays can exploit more. Um, yeah, tomorrow. his size is going to be a problem with some of our defensemen. I'm trying to look at our... Like Nick, uh, Nick Mellon's like... Right. Yeah, Nick Mellon. Uh, I'm going to see. Well, here's the thing. It's going to be also uh, who will be... Marcus Cunningham. Yeah, who's he's, gonna he's be like on him two. usually? Nick Mellon's five nine. He's probably he's gonna, gonna get the number one guy, and it might, uh, you know, it might be Mar, or it might be Shaq. Whoever's going through Alpha. Uh, Kennedy's five eleven. Bombary is six one, but with him out, I mean, you just lose two inches with Kennedy compared to uh, Tyson Bombary. And then Marcus is six two, so maybe you put Cunningham on Cole Williams just to have that height advantage. That might be the best bet, and I think he's a good number two guy. So uh, maybe Cunningham you put on him. That sounds like a good fit. He seems like size-wise. Mellon gets on Mar. Here's what I'm thinking. Mellon gets on Mar. Cunningham gets on Cole Williams, and then Brett Kennedy gets on Shaq. Or you you know what? Uh, You flip Kennedy and you flip Mellon. I think Mellon gets Shaq just for the experience that they both have. Kennedy gets Mar, and then Cole Williams has Marcus Cunningham. I think that's. I think Marcus on Cole is going to be the one of yeah. the most exciting. If you know that's what happens, because you know both big guys going to be really, really fun one to watch. Who knows? Joel Tenney might listen to this tomorrow morning, and he might tweet out or retweet podcasts. Don't know anything about us, eh? Like he did uh, earlier in this in the season. Um, <laughs> I think that's all for the team preview. So with with that in mind, uh, safe. Let let's go in depth with because you're a former Hopkins student and graduate yourself. When was the first? Your take us back to your first Q's Hopkins game. Uh Q's Hopkins game. I guess 
I'm trying to look at the schedule now because uh, I wonder if they go all the way back there. Um, I won my first games my freshman year, so the spring of 2000. I wonder if that was a home game. That was that was Syrac- an away game. That was at that Syracuse. Was at Syracuse. So when we my first Syracuse one. game was 2001. Um, yeah, no, that was also at Syracuse. I was also here. Ha ha. Was it? So yeah, I didn't 2002? see 2002. I guess so. It's a 2002 game. Yeah, we won that game, nine eight. I've told this story a couple times. I met Petro <laughs> in the gym, and I was like wearing like Syracuse shorts. This was literally oh, like oh no. Uh, wait 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 wait. Hold on hold on hold on hold on. I've I've definitely said Picado, this. Are you a closet Syracuse fan? No, it's not even a kind. Everyone's this people know this, but like, since yeah, we're whoa, reminiscing. Wait, 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 But you have you have Syracuse shorts. You I had did, Syracuse I, shorts, and you, Syracuse you, was you, a cool you team. Near, if you were near Petro, but you you should realize that Hopkins and Syracuse don't like each other. Well, but you, I didn't go. You wear I didn't in front of Petromala Syracuse shorts, so you're definitely down. a closet. That'll, you're settle down. Cl- now I'm not settling down. I gotta settle get right down. to the this point. Is, like, this I want is my the show. truth. This is my I show. want the truth. <laughs> I I pay for this microphone, sir. Um, no. Um, yeah, no. I've definitely, I've definitely. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's a, <laughs> Reagan said it. You gotta go 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 look in the uh, Wikipedia. Um, the Petro thing. Yeah, I've said, I've said it on the pod. I've said it with you on the show. I thought. Uh, yeah, I loved Syracuse when I was a kid. I thought they were cool. The shorts were awesome. They were like, kind of like the best team in the Northeast at the time, you know, because the Big East was big and Georgetown's all the way kind of, you know, south. So it's not really a Northeast school. So Syracuse was cool. I loved Bayheim. I thought it was cool. So, I, you know, you when you were in high school, I wear, uh, you know, I bought like, yeah, you know, those replica shorts. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, so I love those when I was a kid at Duke uh, as well. Yeah, just kind of was, just always wore it. I didn't grow up with lacrosse. So I didn't really get it. Um, and I paid attention to the team, but not like, you know, I didn't know the intricate history. The internet wasn't what it is now. You know, no one had cell phones. You go right on Wikipedia immediately. Um, so, yeah, so I just wore it. Petro literally told me not to wear it, like in a joking way. But I was like, they were like kind of moving into the gym. It was like, it's just, I guess, fall ball had ended and it's just before preseason. It's like, yeah, it was wintertime because we were like, uh, me and my buddies were lifting and walked out and uh, we were like, oh, they're coming in. He kind of like pulled me over for a second. He was like, hey, son, try, to, try not to wear these here. And then I kind of like put two and two together. And I was like, all right, you know, I, I, th- I think I gave it to like a pledge uh, <laughs> later on uh, in the semester. So I, I, I chose wisely after that. But um, yeah, I've always had fondness for the orange so you're a closet fan I knew it all along i knew it all along it's literally not a closet we I are a syracuse lacrosse college lacrosse website I, even though one of our leaders went to hopkins we are heavily once again and still syracuse biased the, la- the latter you. part, Adam would agree with you. The former part about being closeted, everyone kind of <laughs> it's, it's been pretty self-evident. I, I have no real animosity to Syracuse. All right, so getting away from the whole uh, safe conspiracy theory, uh, <laughs> my first my first Hopkins Syracuse game was actually my freshman year in 2015. I actually didn't really know about be, me being a late bloomer to the lacrosse game itself and college lacrosse game. I really started to realize about the Syracuse Hopkins rivalry my freshman year when we were number one in the nation. By the way, I think we were we just turned number one 
and we were playing an un- 17th ranked Hopkins team, and they were giving us a tough time. They wore the, for the first time your sleeveless black unis while we matched up with our sleeveless jerseys as well, our whites. Uh, good game, 13-10 win over the Blue Jays. And then sadly, Hopkins decided to uh, spoil our party and beat us in Annapolis 16-15 to in the quarterfinals. Following year, they beat us in a probably the most miserable game I've ever been in, 11-10 to in overtime at Homewood. It literally just was the worst game I ever had to film. It was raining. It was it was cold. It was raining sideways ways, and then at the end of the fourth quarter, it started to snow, and I was just shivering and freezing, and I wanted to protect my camera at all costs. And then we lose the game, and it just I was a little bit happy because it was like, yay, I'm done. I can warm up and whatever. And then the following year, we beat Hopkins in overtime. Very very good thing that happened. So actually now. Courtesy of a controversial call. Good. False. 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 Courtesy of our really good game and our really good uh, playing. Um, so this is a rubber match for me as a, a Syracuse student. 2-2 in the Carrier Dome. This will be the second time we played in the Carrier Dome against Hopkins. The first time since my freshman year because Shadow Women's Basketball deciding to uh, screw everything up. And now we're actually pushing this game back a week instead of the usual... Um, uh, St. Paddy's Day weekend, so I'm excited that I can experience a Hopkins game here. And sadly, the band will probably—I think the Hopkins band will be there because they usually are the Volunteers, and our band's never there because they don't care about lacrosse. False. They were there 2016. Remember? What our? No, no, no. Our band, the Syracuse yeah. band. No, they weren't. The the band was at a game. Recently, I think it was 2016, and because like we made a big deal about like taking screenshots, so the Syracuse band was there. I oh wait, wait, wait I, but that I, wasn't a Hopkins I, game. That was not a oh, Hopkins game. Oh no, for game. sure. I, I thought you meant in general the apathy from your oh, yeah. band. Oh yeah, and then the <laughs> Albany game. The Albany game. We had the cheerleaders there for some reason, and they were like in like a couple rows in front of everybody, and I could see like maybe why are they standing up? They cheered once, and then they left after like we scored a goal. It was like I think third quarter or whatever or second quarter I don't know when it was it was a bad game and I don't really care but the cheerleaders were there they were trying to do chance and nobody was having it so they just left well, Otto I mean, was there nobody I, obviously because we were losing I, to I, Albany but I think the 15 to 3 score had more yeah to do I mean there were 7,200 people in yeah. attendance but also so. I don't know why you have cheerleaders at a lacrosse game you know well, they came and they're they in the stands they're in the stands and they're standing up on the bleachers, trying or blocking people's views during the game. And hey. I don't think they want to give a they don't give a crap about you know. Oh, look at the cheerleaders just standing up and cheering for our team. They're not I'm, playing. I want to see action. I'm not going to hate on uh, student athletes uh, doing what they. They're love. not student. So. Safe. They're not student athletes. They're cheerleaders. Cheerleaders are student. Cheerleaders are not athletes. We get it. We, this is a whole other discussion. But cheerleaders they, are not athletes. This, this they is just do be, it for fun. This is gonna be the last episode of Carl's College Crown. But yeah, they are. Uh, they, uh, they, they 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 get scholarships. They they're obviously athletes. It's right? ridiculous. And somehow they're, it's on ESPN too at like eight in the morning. 
I guarantee, I guarantee we can find a member of the Syracuse cheerleading squad that would out uh, do you in push-ups. Like a female member of the cheerleading squad. Because they're really just, fit. Like, they're like really athletic crossfitters that decide not to do crossfit. Athlete, now like athletic. Now shorten that word a little bit. And they're there you go. Ath- they athletes. are athletic. They are athletic. They are not athletes. They just are very fit people. That's what I'm saying. That's all. Someone's going to do like a dunk video, you know, where they like dunk the trash can uh, like yeah. over somebody. There's going to be like, I, I call upon the Syracuse uh, community to dunk on Chris. Well, that's not going to happen because I'm going to just be like Joel Embiid and just block them every time and just stare them in the face and not help them up. But, you know, listen, fishermen and fisherwomen are more athletic than cheerleaders. Stop it. Stop it. If you did a push-up contest, that would get a lot of views. If you uh, challenge a Syracuse member to 50 push-ups. And I, I wouldn't. Uh, I would not because they're not <laughs> And it's a college cross block. I think, I think it's because you wouldn't get – you wouldn't get – you wouldn't beat her to 50. I, I, I believe I you get I would get there 50. to 50. I, would be I believe I said I believe you get fifty. I don't know if you beat a D one athlete. <laughs> Whatever, they're not athletes. We'll end it up there. Um, anything else before we go to picks that you want to get off your your uh, chest with this Hopkins Syracuse or any special moment what, that you've had? What did you What did you think of the post? I sent you a oh, copy. Oh yes, that post. The five reasons why you should not root for Syracuse. <laughs> Which actually kind of um, it was it close uh, to home? With, with, a, it, with it a Syracuse player as the uh, as the lead photo with a Hopkins guy doing bad defense. Um, so honorcollegecross.com, visit there. Five reasons you should not root for Syracuse this weekend. Uh, number five, they never stop talking about their precious Newhouse School of Journalism. Uh, we and we that's why do. we don't find any good pictures of Hopkins versus Syracuse in Jetty. So uh, I think we just, I think we just solved that one. No, 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 no. <laughs> but you guys do. You guys do talk about Newhouse a lot. I, I you know, I still love Syracuse. It's all tongue in cheek, but you guys do. I mean, we get it. Mike Tirico, yeah. Bob Casas, yeah. all the great, all Chris the goats. Shremsky, Ryan McDonald, Jim Simmons. Oh. All the goats went to Newhouse. Number four. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The SI Newhouse School of Public Communications. I just call it Newhouse. I don't care about <laughs> SI Newhouse. Number four. They're it's obsessed true. with Rutgers. It's so true. How? It's so true. How? It's so true. Chris, go Save, to Troy's I go to New school and I don't really care about Rutgers. I, your Georgetown. Blog- your blog presence Dude, online we, 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 is we obsessed with about Duke go, and we do with do, Rutgers. Do, do a Twitter search of other Rutgers. Do a Twitter search of Ryan McDee and That's Rutgers. one guy. And there's That's like, one and your, guy that was computer, here in the Big East Your computer era. would literally explode. And then do one of one Sean Keeley on your phone, the big and then your era. phone would explode. The and then do one of Troy Duez, and the whole internet would explode. No. So it's obvious. It's like a weird obsession. It really is pretty apparent. Like I think these, I think these kids are close to home. That's why you wanted to go past this article. So number three, they rep New York City like it's a neighboring town, yet are 230 miles away from the Big Apple. Now I can agree on this because Syracuse, New York. And New York City are two very different metropolitan. Well, one's a metropolitan area, one's just a, a small city. Uh, very different in cultures, right? 
New York City, they have a lot of lights, and they have a lot of really good buildings that are modern. Syracuse has the complete opposite. The buildings aren't really that modern for the skyscrapers. Skyline is meh. It snows a lot up there here compared to rain, and there's not a lot of do a lot of stuff to do here in Syracuse compared to New York City. And plus, New York City has St. John's. Should it that be New York City's college, St. John's? We like to rep the entire state. Why? Because we like more land. But we also like to take New York City as well. It's inconceivable. It's five hours away. A lot of you people. Fly there's a lot California. of people that that uh, there's a lot of people from that went to Syracuse that are big that live in New York City that go to work in New York City. So when we when we go to the Final Four of the NIT, we will have a big Syracuse <laughs> fan base there for the NIT. It'll be all orange, all orange in the garden. <laughs> all orange for a. A meaningless basketball postseason tournament. Uh, number two, the dome is a hot mess. Yeah, okay, I can agree with that. I, I personally, I'm not a big fan of the dome itself. Uh, I would rather, especially with basketball. I don't know. Have you been in a basketball for a Syracuse game? I'm assuming you've never been up to Syracuse either. I have been to Montreal. So that's, that's nowhere Syracuse. near Syracuse, but it's close. That's the closest I've been. I've up also to. been. Saranek to, Lake. Saranek I've been to Lake. Toronto. I've been to Mexico, but that's also nowhere near Syracuse. So um, Toronto's closer. That's Mexico. nowhere near. You have Toronto's to closer than Mexico. But uh, Saranek Lake. I've been there. Is that near you guys? Where? Saranek Lake. I have no clue where that is. Isn't that near where you guys do the, the the, the you know the big tournament in the summer? The you know the New York Mountains or whatever. The thing Saranac that you just went to Lake. I'm I'm Google. I couldn't even. It's Andorotics. Oh, um, is it near Lake near, Placid? Yeah, I guess. Or somewhere you know up there, right? Is Lake Placid near there or? E yes, yeah. It's um west of Lake Placid. That's where it is. Okay, so yeah, yeah I was actually up there for lacrosse for the summer and it was a lot of fun but yeah uh, yep that, that's also nowhere near Syracuse well that's closer to Syracuse because we're in the same state but <laughs> I've never been up the Syracuse then like I've always thought it was near Buffalo or well, something kind of, right we're two hours away from Buffalo so it's closer to all it's closer well we're in the middle of Albany and uh Buffalo I'd say two hours between each I I would think right in the middle but, yeah, to go back to the Dome thing, I, I'm not a big fan of the Dome itself, especially with basketball. I'd rather have, like, a 20,000-seat arena where we could play basketball and have even hockey there. Uh, basketball just seems weird to watch a basketball game in the Dome in a football stadium. Uh, they need to do a lot of renovations. I know. Shout out to the Wells Fargo Center for actually getting renovations done, and it's been a lot younger than the Carrier Dome, and it hasn't done a lot of renovati- renovations. Uh, the troughs and the bathrooms are bad. The Wi-Fi is bad. They just need to redo the whole thing. So, give me a new football stadium, Syracuse. And uh, don't raise any more tuition because it's already higher than it is already. Um, finally, number one. They number stole one. a trophy and refused to give it back. Now, <laughs> we did not steal the trophy. We, it's a, we easily it's earned it. It's a scandal. We earned it with our blood, sweat, car payments, and tears. Trophy gate. 
That's what it is. And then we decided, <laughs> you know what? You're not going to get it. We don't know where it is. We don't know where it is. We didn't steal it. We just were clueless okay. with our with our belongings. Bunch of hooligans. Jeff Sessions needs to like come down there with the Department of Justice. <laughs> just take that trophy, bring it back to uh, I guess you know D.C. Put it in a museum. So it's it's, pro- it's preposterous. If this was roles were reversed, you guys would be doing online petitions. Like literally, you would t- t- drive me out <laughs> of College Cross. Like it would it wouldn't stand. Hopkins would be expelled from Division One if the say if, you know situations were reversed. But so. see, that would get us page views. <laughs> we need those page views, right? Well, you you if already we, have. If, listen, you if already some have reason, the legacy say, media on lock. You don't need any more page views. But safe. If we get if if you let's say you like lead the way and get this trophy found, we would do something that no other lacrosse media has done. We would get on Deadspin probably. We would get on maybe ESPN. They would have to do a whole update of their documentary on the lost trophy because of us. We would be ever so popular people. We would finally get verified on Twitter probably. That's a big thing. Um, so few reasons why you should not root for Hopkins. I'm just coming. I'm yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, where is this? I feel like Drake when he buried Meek and there's been no response. I'm about to go back to back on you guys. So yeah. Five reasons you shouldn't root for Hopkins. Here we go. Number, number five, they're a D3 school and you, sh- and you shouldn't have any respect for them. Playing with the big boys. These might be really, really bad. Number four, they're not even Baltimore's team. I think. <laughs> I gotta see if they are actually in Baltimore. Um, crap, they are. But uh, still, they're not Baltimore's college. I would think it's more Maryland or Towson or whatever. Or Loyola. They're actually... Uh, Loyola. You know what? Yeah, Loyola. Because Hopkins is a D3 school. And usually big markets don't care about D3 schools as much. So it would be Loyola or Maryland. So there you go. Yeah. They're not even Baltimore's team. I'm I'm being energized by this, so please continue. Number three, their baseball field is turf, including the dirt. Our baseball field is gorgeous now. Have you seen it? This yeah, brand I new. saw it last the year. It's, it's, it's turf. It's the turf gorgeous. field was turf infield. It's all turf. It's not a baseball field. It's just another practice field for the lacrosse team to play on if, if Homewood is snowed in or football's using it continue uh number two your freaking mascot has teeth and birds don't have teeth that's that's preposterous uh that's uh no that's a lot of the iowa state hawkeye or the cyclone dude that that guy has teeth right uh, university, a lot of birds. This is fine. This is is this is the rest you got. Let's go. What's number one? Can't Hold on. Let me let me let me see. Uh, let me take a picture of this. This is how Peter's I know it's the post bothered you because see, look, you look, guys are flustered. Look, I, I have a picture of this blue jay mascot right now, and he and it just looks corny because the the smirk starts at the beginning, and then all of a sudden you start to see these these random teeth come in, and like. It's like it's like cheesing. It's a cheesy smile. Whereas a cartoon Hopkins bird doesn't have any teeth. This one is like it's like grimacing, like it's in pain, like it's trying to enjoy just, something, and it's like I just, not. 
I'm so enjoying this. With the unibrow. By the way, this this bird has a unibrow on you have a citrus fruit yes, as but, your mascot. Your mascot has a unibrow. And, and your mascot like, has you're, a unibrow. You're it has, it's Anthony Davis that's, as a yeah. bird. It has a unibrow. Let's get number one. Let's get number one. Number one. The number one reason why you should not root for Johns Hopkins is Dave Petromala was born in the dark. He's Bane. We don't like Bane. He liked Batman. He liked Christian, oh. like Christian Bale. Yeah, Bane has some points. That's all I'm saying. But like about the excesses of, you know. But you know, I, I hear you. Do I have a Petro photo that I made last year? Oh, uh, no, I don't. Because I actually I had to um, I photoshopped Petro. Well, I pe- photoshopped Petro behind uh, in front of the um, uh, Hopkins press conference wallpaper thing, and I put Bane's head on it and. Yeah, he was pretty much born in the darkness. So, yeah, Petro was born in the darkness. He went to Hopkins, and uh, he stole Quint's girl. So, there you have it. <laughs> You're just... <laughs> Stating facts. This is a facts-only podcast. So, with that in mind... By the way, we still love you, Quint. We still love you and your props, and we hope you can join us for a podcast soon and talk about this. Um, as in lacrosse, but, uh, we'll go finally to our picks safe visitors and losers. First, the floor is yours. Hopkins stuns the orange faithful. We win 11 to eight. All right. So the last time Hopkins beat Syracuse, Two thousand eleven was in two thousand. No, it uh, wasn't. Two thousand eleven. It was two thousand and seven. Save it was two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. We were home. We beat Hopkins five four in double overtime. I'm looking well, straight let's, at let's, the, what happened in that first overtime, Christopher. What happened in the first overtime, Christopher? Uh, no one scored. <laughs> let's just tell the people. Nobody let's tell the people the truth. Well, this, this website is about the truth. What happened in that first overtime? I'm looking at the truth. I have the Johns Hopkins Syracuse series history. Kyle Ward was robbed from Johns Hopkins, and it says no goals were scored in the first overtime. Kyle Ward was robbed, absolutely robbed, uh, and because of like some dome cooking. Uh, I believe you guys were the number one team at the right, or am I off? We were the number one team at the time. You know, they just couldn't let that stand. They couldn't let Hopkins beat <laughs> Precious Syracuse at home with their number one, so had to go to second overtime. But yeah. so, you remember that? But but to state facts, last time Syracuse lost to Hopkins when they were at home was in 2007. That weird 2007 year when Hopkins crushed the Orange 17 to nine. Ever since then, it's been. All Syracuse for the most part. 2008, two wins. 2009, one win. 2010, another win. 11, another win. Hopkins finally got their first win in 2012. We had another win in 13, 14, one in 15. Another one in 16 for Hopkins, and then 17. So we're nine and nine and three in the You're past two meetings. The big uh, 2005 game. Paul Rabel's like uh, coming out party. Where yeah, but he, this is yeah. after we lost to you guys 
in the carrier dome and no, no i'm just i'm just saying it was at the carrier dome so i mean like i'm you hoping somebody else like comes out you know maybe somebody else is coming out party maybe uh, uh you know, you know uh, i don't know cole peter williams for you peter dirt peter dirt maybe um so with that in mind with the fact that they're not not a lot of the guys actually this is gonna be a big factor because last time Shaq Stanwick, Joel Tinney, Tal Bruno, I think Brock Turnbull, they were in the Carrier Dome. That was her freshman year. They don't really know that well the Carrier Dome. This is kind of like unfamiliar territory being not there for the first time in three years. So this is all new to them, and they all, they all have new roles. Shaq was more of like a, not the quarterback of the offense. His brother Wells was, but Shaq's now the quarterback. It's a new role for him. I don't see the Blue Jays winning this one. I see the Orange winning, and I know Steven Reifus, who should have a big game. He better have a big game because he's been bugging me about predictions for the past month or so. Uh, he's been bugging me over it like, oh, yeah, so who are you going to pick? Hopkins again? <laughs> no, I actually did not pick Hopkins, and I won't pick Hopkins because that's like picking, um, I don't know, North Korea to beat South Korea, I guess. Uh, either way, maybe bad analogy, give me Syracuse in the Dome once again to beat Hopkins by three goals, 12-9, to nine, your final, and Hopkins is 2-3, and three. the Orangemen are 4-1 and one entering the Rutgers game. So there you have it, our predictions, safe, final rebuttal, final, re- final remarks, just like a presidential debate. Give you have two minutes to to give the undecided people that are don't know if they should cheer for Syracuse or Hopkins why they should cheer for Hopkins. <laughs> well, I uh, I ask that the you know the reasonable fan out there will see Syracuse for what it is a scandal ridden reckless program that you know somebody needs to put a stop to it and. The Jays are, you know, the team of good and pure things of lacrosse. So <laughs> I think I think the, the choice is obvious. It's self-evident, like who you need to root for. So, you know, please. The, you're all you're all welcome to join, as Frank White said in The King of New York. You're all welcome to join. Well, that was actually less than a minute, so I gave you two. But thank you for taking less than See, a minute. I, you don't need you don't need a lot of time. You know, it's self evident. I don't need to like sell anybody. I think people know they should root for the Jays. So, do you know what P- Dave Petromal's record is against Syracuse? As a player, no, or as no, a coach? just as a coach. Uh, I'll, I'll let you. Uh, He's tw- ten and twelve. He sucks. He's under five hundred. Imagine if. Andy Reid was under 500 when he played the Cowboys. He would be fire right now. And it's very pleasing to me, as a Syracuse guy, that Mr. Petromala cannot get the job done as a head coach <laughs> of Hopkins when he faces off against Syracuse. See, Words listen, hurt. Words hurt, Christopher. Listen, Johns Hopkins is known for the medical medical history, right? I already discussed this on the, on the Cross College of Cross about the history of Johns Hopkins, the man and the university, we have Upstate Medical. We have Krause Hospital. We have the better hospitals than Johns Hopkins does. 
I mean, that's no, just, that's literally fake news. Like, literally, if, I, I, if my I'm life kidding. was on the line, do you know where I would go? I would not go to Hopkins. I would go to you, Penn. Cause why? Cause Penn's fantastic. That's that's fine. I got no. I got all. Shout out to all the doctors. Listen, listen. Hopkins has one good thing about this, (laughs) and it's not lacrosse. (laughs) It's their lawyers that come out of Johns Hopkins. I appreciate it. It's the lawyers that come out of Johns Hopkins that run college across websites, and they're also closet Syracuse fans. That's all that Hopkins is well known for. Maybe for a bar that's now closed down because, you know what, they closed down because uh, Hopkins is mediocre right now and we don't really, you know, we don't want to be associated with mediocrity. Hopkins has a smiling, cheesing, smiling Blue Jay mascot. They're in Baltimore. They're a D3 school that tries to get D1 attention. They're like that pay attention to me, Trixie Tang, and that Fairy Lot parents who's like, oh, pay attention to me. We're that post, We're so that post no. really got under your skin. I can really tell. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm expressing my thoughts. <laughs> this is America. This is our freedom of speech. We have the greatest lacrosse figures of all time. Gary Gate, Paul Gate, Taylor Gate, still playing. Casey Powell, Ryan Powell, Mikey Powell, their children, their sons. Well, same thing as children. Their mothers and fathers. Roy Simmons the first, Roy Simmons Jr., Roy Simmons the third. Ryan Simmons, Roy Simmons the fourth. Uh, I think he skipped that whole thing. John Terry Desco. Listen, I didn't know he was he played defense until last year when he was here at Syracuse. John Terry Desco against David, whatever his middle name is, Petromala, one on one on a defensive battle. I am taking my man John Terry Desco every day of the week and every second, even if there's a nuclear summer. I am taking John Terry Desco over Petromala in a battle of greatest lacrosse figures of all time. Head coach and playing career uh, being considered. Syracuse will win. By the way, they have the sickest throwback uniforms that they'll be wearing. Does Hopkins have that? No. Why? Because they're not fun. They're like the Patriot way. There's a reason why I mean, Bill Belichick likes Johns Hopkins. This is like There's a reason why Bill Belichick five, likes Johns five Hopkins. Minutes because they don't of- like to have fun. This is also my podcast, so I can take as much time as I need to. It's just like five minutes of bald-faced lies. <laughs> Paul Rabel, good guy. Oh, met him. We like Pizza Hut pizza. We met. We we had a good time at, in Omaha and as well as um in uh Boston. But that's that's pretty much it. I mean, there's a reason why Bill Belichick, grumpy as he is, wearing sweatshirts, sporting out the Blue Jays, is. A big fan of Hopkins, Hopkins, because none of them don't like to have fun. And you know what? They also like to lose against the good guys, That's Syracuse hard. and the Philadelphia Eagles. That is why you, my friends, should cheer for the team that likes to have fun, the team that are underdogs sometimes, usually not this game because we're, we're at home and we'll beat Hopkins. The colorful team, the Nike team, the team that is actually a Division One school and not like a Division One team at a Division Three school that likes to party, that likes snow. Syracuse, please cheer for us. We're the orange. Who doesn't like vitamin D? Who doesn't? Thank you for your time. 
And with that, we conclude this very, very special and kind of long across college lacrosse. Now, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review while you're at it. We actually have a few of them. Seven. Why, why are you not on Google Play? I just my a, one, it's, it's one very, chance to ask. It's actually just, kind of tough to get on Google Play, and I know Ryan can understand, and I think might have to, I might have to get him to um to help me out with that. So we'll be on there in a little bit, but um we have seven five seven ratings. All of them are five stars. Recommend you do the same thing too, because this is it helps us and helps everybody else with finding some great college across coverage. We actually got a new one from Jackalick26. Love it. Five stars. This podcast is the only thing that gets me through the week. Amen. Well, Jack, I hope this one gets you through the weekend because, my God, this is a very enjoyable podcast. Even though we just talked about two teams for the most part. Uh, please subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Listen to us on Stitcher and tune in. Google Play. Please. Please make it easy for us to get this podcast up. Once we have that up, we'll do that as well. Uh, follow the Twitter.com at college underscore cross. Follow safe on the Twitter at Erie underscore barrister. Follow me on the Twitter at CF Jastramski. Like College Cross on Facebook. Like us or actually follow us on Instagram. Uh I think that's all the social media, right? Follow us on, follow, listen to our college crosscasts as well. Podomatic, iTunes, they have Google Play. And I guess that is about it for this edition of Cross College Across. We will be back Monday or Tuesday. I'm not totally sure yet. I'm actually going to Brooklyn on Sunday to watch the uh, Philadelphia 76ers take on the Nets. So we might have a delay with a podcast there. But I'm on spring break. We might do some special things during spring break. Maybe some coaches. I'd like to have one specific ranked coach on. Uh, we might have him on. Maybe. Possibly. I often start working on that. But other than that, please keep listening. And as always, stay hydrated out there. Winners music goes now. Winners music goes now.